The strongest man in the Bible had to learn the reality of his own weakness and the true source of strength. Today, we learn spiritual truths from the life of Samson. Let's join Scott Pauley now as we journey through the Word of God. I always thought it was interesting that the Apostle Paul said, I've learned to, to rejoice in my infirmities. I've learned to rejoice in weakness. How do you get there? I'll tell you, the only way to get there is to realize that your infirmities, your weakness, your struggle and stress and strain is actually not a wall. It's not a dead end. It is, in fact, a door into the divine sufficiency. You see, every time God allows something to touch your life and to humble you and, and uh, to make life uh, unbearable on your part, that ought to be a reminder that the Lord is able. That's exactly what's going on in the life of Samson. He's just wrought a great victory. And in the midst of it, it says in Judges 15 verse 18, and he was sore athirst. Now, it could have been anything. It could have been he was hungry. It could have been that he was so weary he couldn't stand up. But the Bible specifically says he was sore athirst. All through Scripture, water is a picture of life. It's a reminder here that without God, we're dead men. Without God, there is no life. The Bible says in Him we live and move and have our very being. In the most basic elements of life, we need the Lord. Now, as we've studied this story in Samson's life, we've learned that every man needs something. I don't care how strong you are. You may be Samson, but you have some need today. Then we learned that every man must come to nothing. God will make you expend all of your energy, all of your effort, all of your endeavors to finally throw your hands up in the air in the words of the psalmist and say, I'm at wit's end. I don't know what to do. I think sometimes when you throw your hands in the air, God begins to applaud and clap in heaven and He says, wonderful. I've been trying to get you there and waiting for you to get there all along. Because you see, the nothing brings you to the God of sufficiency. So here's the third truth. Not only is it true that every man needs something and every man must come to nothing, but now we learn that every man can find in God everything. I don't care what your need is today. There are a host of people listening to this particular broadcast at different times and different geographical locations and different circumstances. I want to say to every one of you, with confidence, not in me, because I don't even know you or your need, but with confidence in God and with divine certainty in my soul, God is able. Whatever your need is today, my friend, the Lord has everything you need. Listen to the words of verse number 18 in Judges 15. And he was sore athirst and called on the Lord and said, Thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant. Let's just stop there for a moment. Could I remind you that the God who has in the past will in the present? You see, our God is a present tense God. His name is not I was, His name is I am, which means the same God who answered your prayer in the past, who's proven Himself to you many times, Friend, He's not dead. He's not forgotten you. He's not forsaken you. He's never failed you, and He's not going to begin today. God will work right where you are. I'm thinking of the words of Romans chapter 8, verse 32, where the Bible says, Do you really think that God, who spared not His own Son for you, 
will not also freely give you all things. Do you believe a God who loves you so much that He would sacrifice His own Son for your sin? Do you believe that that God would not meet your need right where you are today? Oh, you can find everything in Him because God's already proven He will do it and that He's able. And not only that, the Bible says, going on in verse 18, He says, And now shall I die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised. Oh, my friend, God's more concerned about His name than you are. Now, God wants to work in your life and situation, not just for your good, but for the glory of God. Verse 19 says, But God clave in hollow place that was in the jaw, and there came water thereout. Now think of this. God will work with whatever is right at hand. Uh, the Bible's referring here to the, the jawbone of this donkey that he's just used to kill a thousand men. He's just cast it from him. And it's fascinating to me because uh, what's that jawbone? It's a picture of death. It's dried up. Uh, it's probably covered with, with blood. It's been used as a weapon. And he's just cast it aside. I don't need that anymore. And yet that was what was close to him. So God said, I'll just touch that and make a fountain come out of that. Isn't it amazing that God can work right where you are? Maybe you're looking for the Lord to work in some far off way or some distant thing. No, God will work right where you are. He is a very present help in time of trouble. Then He works in impossible ways. Now, first of all, it's impossible that water comes out of a, a jawbone of a donkey. But listen to the rest of the story. The Bible says, There came water thereout, and when he had drunk, his spirit came again, and he revived. Wherefore? He called the name thereof in Hakori. Do you know what that name means? It means the well of him that called. Now think of this. All he came for was a drink. If I can just get a drink of water. And God says, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a whole well grow out of the jawbone of that old donkey. God works in impossible ways. He works abundantly. More than you could ask or think. That's what the Bible says. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Jeremiah 33, 3, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. You see, God is a God of the impossible and the God of abundance. I'm thinking of that woman who came to Jesus in John 4. She wanted a drink. Do you remember? He offered her a drink. But he said, If I give you a drink of, of this water I'm talking about, it will be in you a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Do you see the divine progression? We've moved from a drink to a well, to a spring. <laughs> so you don't just get a drink, friend. You get the whole source. God comes. Now, the Lord Himself comes in all His sufficiency. If you keep reading in John's Gospel record, you come to John chapter 7, He says that that spring would then become rivers of water flowing out of you. So think of this. A cup of water, oh, maybe that'll get me through just enough to get by. And the Lord says, no, I'm going to exceed expectations. I'm going to give you the well. And it's not going to be a stagnant well either. It's going to be a springing well. So it's perennially fresh. And then it's going to be rivers that flow out and touch the lives of other people. Isn't that just like our God? The God who created water. The God who offers living water. That God says, whatever you're thirsty for today, whatever your need, God has more than enough. There's a beautiful expression in Psalm 87, 7 that captured my attention a few years ago. The psalmist says, All my springs are in thee. What does that mean? It means everything I need just flows from God's presence. You get in the presence of God and God will give you more than enough. You see, you may not even know what your deepest need is. Maybe you think you know what your need is. 
We live in a generation where everybody wants to talk about their felt needs. But your emotions can deceive you. Your heart's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it, Jeremiah says? Only God. And so God will meet your deepest need. God will touch every area of your life. You can find in God everything. You see, this is the humbling that doesn't just lead to to a knowledge of your weakness and despair. It's a humbling that leads to his sufficiency and to a greater faith. When God humbles a man, it's never to leave him at the bottom. When God humbles a man, it's always to give him more than that man could have ever had on his own, more than he ever imagined. Ephesians 3.20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or even think, according to his power that worketh in us, to him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ through all ages, world without end. Amen. He is the God of the superlatives. He is the God of sufficiency. And my God has everything you may need today. Samson is a reminder to us all that our strength is in God alone. Thank you for joining us today. Visit scottpauley.org for additional resources and an archive of all of the Enjoying the Journey episodes. We look forward to studying God's Word with you again soon.